0: Hi, welcome to the Landscape of Cranes Cleveland Podcast. I'm Dan Pelletti, your host. Thanks for joining us today. seems several times on the landscape over the last few months, one of the things we've talked about is the revitalization of Tower City. Here to bring some details about what's going to be happening at Tower City, not only over the next few weeks, but over the next few years, and some other major projects happening in downtown Cleveland, is the chief operating officer from Bedrock, the commercial real estate firm in Detroit that has a lot of interest in Cleveland. Ivy Grainer joins us today. Ivy, thanks for being with us. Glad you could be here today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Let's begin with Tower City. This is a building that was a big deal. I can remember in the early 1990s when it was revitalized and everyone was downtown and they were shopping. And Over the years, that seems to have faded away as, as people have shopped less downtown and gone online and all those kinds of things. Why the interest in trying to revive it again downtown and with the Tower City?
1: Uh, there's so much history for Tower City. It's amazing how many Clevelanders have really encouraged us because they have such fond memories around Christmas and around, you know, stuff as a kid and everybody loves going downtown and Tower City is kind of the main and main of downtown. It's right smack dab in the middle of everything. It's also along the riverfront and we want to make sure that we are acknowledging what Tower City has been and what it can do in the future. So we knew that it was time to try and start doing something to help lift Tower City up.
0: One of the things that Bedrock has talked about is they want to reposition Tower City, the mall as a marketplace. What does that mean?
1: Um, well, basically, you know, malls by and large have a have a bad association with it. So it's not, we're not looking at Tower City as just changing the name, you know, as a marketing ploy. We literally want to take a look at Tower City and what we can do to create a much more robust, um, a much more robust place that ties into the riverfront, that ties into the public square, that ties into everything else, and becomes more of a connector piece. What that looks like yet, we don't know, but we want to make sure that we're creating enough uses within Tower City and being able to take advantage of. It. So it's a lot less of mall-like, which has its own implications, and a lot more of a robust community gathering place.
0: One of the things we've talked about frequently on the landscape is that downtown Cleveland has seen a, a rebirth in terms of residents. There's so many more people moving downtown. How many people do you think you need in a downtown to make retailing successful?
1: I think it depends upon the type of retail. You know, you certainly have retailers where you need, you know, Hundreds of thousands of people with, you know, very regionally placed retailers Uh, for small shops. That's the other end of the spectrum. You need less people to stand a business up. You need people with repeat business who want to keep coming um, and being able to provide enough services and retail so that it does become a place that people go to for all their needs.
0: Obviously, there are some challenges along the way. There was a flood last June in Tower City. What are some of the issues Bedrock's facing as we try to make this project go forward?
1: well, we have we have two things. One, uh, we have taken approach that we didn't want to wait to do a full redevelopment of Tower City before we engaged the community and brought people back downtown. We saw this as an opportunity to be able to put in a lot of local businesses, entrepreneurs, some some are first-time businesses, some are working on a second or a third business, so that we could basically turn the lights back on at Tower City. We've done some, some repairs, uh, things as simple as making sure that we have Wi-Fi at Tower City and that the lights are working. Um, we are working on what we can do with the fountains once we get through the NBA activations because the fountains have been off. And so that's, in our minds, that's phase one. Um, And then how we keep all of our retailers going with activations. We've had a concert series. We have all kinds of interesting programming until we get to a place where we're ready to do more of a major redevelopment so that we can ultimately have this marketplace concept that is a connector piece for everything else that's adjacent to us and happening downtown.
0: How do you see the long-term repositioning of Tower City playing out? I realize it could be a number of years. Any feel for how long this might take?
1: Um, You know, uh, we're developers, so we tend to be optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The planning process itself, I would guess, is probably going to take, you know, 12 to 18 months, and then by the time you get permitting, et cetera. So this could be three years down the line before we actually have something that we can see. Um, is a, a very different-looking Tower City. I want to reiterate, though, that Tower City has really great bones, um, and there's a lot of connector pieces. There's residential and office and other stakeholders that are already connected to Tower City. Uh, but it does have really great bones that we're going to build upon.
0: One of the great bones within Tower City is the Old English Oak Room. How, do we know how that's going to be used?
1: Uh, right now, it's going to be used for a retailer. Uh, again, there's a lot of uses that will occupy many of the spaces in Tower City, uh, you know, food and beverage, etc., and that will evolve over time. So what that will look like on a long-term basis as we get through the planning, I can't tell you yet because we're still in the early phases of planning.
0: You mentioned the NBA All-Star Game, and there's a lot of pop-ups in Tower City. Um how many of those tenants do you think might stick around after after all the festivities are over?
1: What's been very interesting to us and unusual for me throughout in my career is most of the tenants that we have are going to be there longer term. There's actually less pop-ups and much more, many more entrepreneurs that are taking a chance that this is a longer-term opportunity for them. So the ratio of people who are going to stay versus pop-ups is much greater.
0: Cranes reported in June, when you were promoting these pop-up experiences at the mall, you were working with the Florida-based consultant, Beth Azor, and then Jeremy Grossman of Grossman Development Group in Massachusetts. What roles are those partners playing in this project?
1: Um, So Beth Azor is on the front lines of helping to bring in all the entrepreneurial people. Um, She has probably canvassed throughout downtown Cleveland, more than 500 businesses, and she continues to. Uh, she Her nickname is the canvassing queen across the country. <laughs> and so uh, she is going to continue on with us as we beef up some of our own uh, team members within the company. She's gonna continue on with us. Jeremy has had more of a focus on the national retailers and the pop-up plays, and he consults for us overall in Detroit as well. And so he will. Con- he has a national reach, and he will continue on with us in that vein too.
0: In September, Bedrock in the city of Cleveland announced there will be a long-term vision for remaking the land that's behind Tower City. Some of it Bedrock owns. It's controlled by other property owners as well. What kind of progress have you made on the planning and pursuing public money for infrastructure improvements in that project?
1: So we continue, again, This is the planning process, as you talked about before, that's even a longer term process because it's land rather than an existing structure. Uh, but we continue to make great progress with the city. We continue to make progress internally. That will take probably longer than what the, the initial plans that we have for redevelopment of Tower City. But we continue to make great progress. The city has been a great partner for us. We have a development agreement done. And so... Uh, We're very excited about our progress in that regard.
0: Ivy Grainer joins us for the landscape of Cranes Cleveland podcast. She is the chief operating officer of Bedrock, the commercial real estate firm that has a number of projects here in Cleveland. Ivy, what's Bedrock's appetite for acquiring additional real estate in downtown? There's a lot of rumors flying around. Are there there thoughts about trying to get more real estate in downtown Cleveland?
1: So there's always rumors. Whenever you have a real estate developer, there's always rumors. as soon as we know something, we're happy to let you know. But there's, of course, there's rumors because that just goes with the real estate environment.
0: In addition to the mall, your downtown portfolio includes the former May Company Annex building that's on Ontario, the Tower City office space on Huron, potential retail and restaurant space at the renovated May Company building. What's on the horizon for all of those properties?
1: So the May continues to gain traction and occupancy, and we've actually brought in a partner called The Roost, which I believe that we have talked about previously. Um, And The Roost is, we're very excited because they have pushed very hard to get open sooner rather than later. They're taking a portion of the May to stand up some residential units more um, more on a limited term basis. People can get places to stay in much shorter term than one year. Um, in addition, we are working very hard on our vacant retail spaces to help get those populated. So we continue to grow for for the May.
0: How would you characterize retail development in downtown Detroit? Bedrock has such a vast portfolio there. Any lessons you've learned from those experiences that you might be applying to Cleveland? Uh,
1: well, you know, We've all been faced with a number of things in the last few years as it relates to retail. The headlines before the pandemic were online was going to kill retail bricks and mortar. And of course, over time, we've realized that that is not the case. If anything, online supports retail brick and mortar. There's many online concepts that now have to go to bricks and mortar in order to make sure they're growing their concepts. And then we were all hit with the pandemic, which hit all the urban markets much harder than it probably hit suburbia. Um, and so everybody has been faced with that. It's what was very heartening for me is how many retailers were able to hang on, work their way through it. There was much more of a partnership between landlords and tenants through this whole pandemic. And now much of the retail and restaurants are st- starting to come back in the urban cores, including Cleveland.
0: As we mentioned this, since we talked about the notion of online retailers and, and uh, retail places, what do you make of Amazon deciding to open up a store?
1: I think that will be very interesting. Amazon, this is not their first foray. They started with bookstores uh, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Um, they have not robustly rolled them out the way others, some chains have, but they do exist in places. And then, of course, Amazon has had their own grocery store. For the last couple of years that they've been rolling out. Uh, many of them act as fulfillment centers as many grocery stores are doing. So I think it's interesting that they're working their way into the fashion world, and I'm very interested to see how it plays out.
0: What are some of the ways downtown Cleveland differs from downtown Detroit? I mean, we don't have the, that huge rocket footprint, but do you, you approach things differently from one city to the other?
1: Of course, because every city is very different. The businesses that occupy it, the actual geography that occupies it. there is no Tower city that's in downtown Detroit um, and how that's situated. So the geography of Cleveland looks very different than the geography of of Detroit or you know all Midwest cities from what I can tell, all cities in general have very different footprints. So how we, look at their business plan is is unique to that particular city or environment.
0: We mentioned May Company. The Annex building is reputed to have a terrific heavy power considering updating that or co-working it perhaps as office spaces.
1: We're looking at all kinds of opportunities for what is the highest and best use for that. Um, so stay tuned. We're in process.
0: Are there efforts to land more mainstream retailers or more fast food purveyors at Tower City? I know we've talked about some of the people who are there, but you know, how are we gonna fill the spaces?
1: So right now, most of the emphasis is on local people, local businesses for, to the community. We have much less of a presence of national retailers at this point. Um, this really is a unique opportunity. If you look at most uh, centers of this size, They're largely occupied by major national retailers. And this was an opportunity to uh, make make something available to many of the local entrepreneurs. So while we do have a few national retailers, most of them are locally focused, including the food and beverage, which we are in the process of standing up now.
0: How will your operations be different with this additional bench strength that you'll have here?
1: Uh, We can be even more intentionally focused. Um, We brought in Deb Janik, who is our SVP of Business Development. Christopher Noble recently joined our team as SVP of Development. And we just brought in Jason Russell as our Senior Director of Operations and Leasing. So we are really expanding our team along with our commitment to downtown Cleveland.
0: It looks like there's about 40 empty apartment buildings or spaces at the May. How do you feel about residential leasing activity in Cleveland?
1: Uh, it's picked up. There has been, um, that has taken some time largely because of the pandemic. So a lot of the urban cores lost occupancy. And now as people feel more comfortable with coming to downtowns, so we have a very young population that occupies most of our residential who had the opportunity to not stay downtown. And so that's all coming back. And so, like I said, our May occupancy is absolutely picking up now.
0: What's the residential scene like in, in Detroit? Are there a lot of young people moving downtown?
1: So, uh, yes, there have been a lot of mo- young people. There's actually a more diverse group of people from all demographic and age groups that Come and live in downtown Detroit. There's also more residential activity in terms of building in downtown Detroit at the moment than there is in downtown Cleveland.
0: You plan to continue to use outside brokers for commercial properties here?
1: Uh, yeah, we have a mixture of both. We bl- we believe big time in our in our vendors and our expert in our experts on any number of fronts. So yes.
0: Ivy, we often talk about developing waterfront property, and that tends to be that eight miles along the lake shore that we were always talking about in Cleveland. but you have uh, Bedrock has some thoughts about developing some other waterfront property here in Cleveland. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So we have the waterfront that literally sits right behind where Tower City is um, and joins uh, you know across the street is where the Rocket Fields house is. We do have a stretch of waterfront. That is part of all of the district planning and the infrastructure plans and the development agreements with the city so that we can create a whole new experience that joins all of our assets as well as other developers in downtown Cleveland to make it a very robust place to come to.
0: This notion of... of... Trying to make it more of a, how do I want to say, more of a tied together effort. Sometimes downtowns are, there's a building here and there's a building here and nothing's really connected. Is that really important to making a downtown work?
1: Absolutely. And I think that's what I alluded to at the beginning of the conversation when we were talking about Tower City as a marketplace. How do you tie all of those together? So it is one big experience. It's cohesive with residential, with office, with outdoor space, with retail shopping, with restaurants but making sure that all of that is tied together and from the city streets um, so that it can be one big walkable uh, community and an opportunity for people to come and really feel good about having an experience.
0: Ivy Grainer, thanks for sharing some information about Tower City and some of the other projects Bedrock has in store should make for an exciting 2022. We're glad you could join us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Ivy Grainer is the chief operating officer for Bedrock, the Detroit commercial real estate firm that is doing a lot of work here in Cleveland. I'm sure we'll be talking to Ivy more down the line as we find out more about these projects. For now, I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you so much for joining us for The Landscape, of Cranes Cleveland podcast. We'll talk again soon.